this morning. Hopefully my mind is in a better place and physically I'm doing better and I've got the mic on today. And we are memorizing and, and practicing the practice of, of focusing as a congregation, as a, as a fellowship together on a verse of the week. And this week we're going to do Psalm 119, verse 11. And, and just before we get into the message, let's go over it just a couple more times to make sure we, we you know, it, it's not that you have it by heart when we leave here, but that we just, by going through the process, it starts to sink in. So... Psalm 119, 11, say it with me. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. And if you've learned this in another translation, you might be having truff, uh, uh, trouble. There we go, I'm having trouble. You might be having a tough time with treasured. I myself am having a hard time with may because I keep wanting to say might. So that, 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 yeah, that's just what happens. Uh, I've learned... 316 and so many different translations that I don't say it right ever because I, I mix them. But uh, let's try that again. We're going to take away a few of the words and we'll just try it again. We'll take away the big words. Psalm 119, 11. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Very good. We're not going to do any more taking away words. That was good. We took away the big ones and we've thought about it a couple of times. This Psalm 119.11 comes from uh, Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible and also the longest psalm in the Bible. And Psalm 119 is called an acrostic psalm. Not that usually acrostics, it, you know, the first letter spells out a word or something as you go down. What Psalm 119 does is every stanza, basically as we've broken them up into eight verses, every eight verses are grouped together and they all, every line starts with the same letter and Psalm 119 the whole way through is going alphabetically. So it begins, if we were to do it, we would have gone A, B, C, D, E, F all the way to the last, can you imagine the last stanza trying to do eight lines that all begin with a word that begins with Z? That's what the psalmist who wrote Psalm 119 did. They began with Aleph, and then they go to Beth, and every line begins with that letter. Not only that, every verse in Psalm 119 is focused on God's word, on his commandments, on his law, on his precepts, on his uh, statutes. Every single verse makes mention, reflects back towards the law of God or the decrees of God, the word of God. And so, and that's what you're seeing here in verse 9. This, uh, or excuse me, in verse 11, verse 9 is the beginning of the Beth section. Every word begins with the letter B, Hebrew Beth. And uh, verse 11 begins with not you, but actually heart. The word heart is the very beginning. So a more literal translation would be, in my heart, I have treasured your word. The focus is, is going that way, but the very verse, first word there is a word for heart that begins with the letter B. And the author here, the, the, the whole focus of, of, of it, as I said, is all about the word of God, the, the law. And so here it says, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. 
And what I wanted to think about a little bit is the purpose. Why do we go through the, the discipline of memorization? You know, uh, early on, especially back when, when Scripture was written, uh, we have to remember we live in an amazing time where the printing press and now Internet has, has revolutionized our world. Back then, and for the majority of human history, people did not have the Word of God mass-printed. You know, it had to be handwritten and copied, one person at a time, one letter at a time. And now we have printing presses that print off the entire scriptures and bind it together for us, and I can carry it around, and I can argue about which one am I going to use. I've got several of the same translation. And then I've got different translations. And, and we own tens and hundreds even sometimes Bibles. But back when Jesus was around, you know, have you ever thought of the fact that he didn't have his, his Bible in his back pocket? He didn't have any scrolls. He didn't have any scripture with him. Everything he had had to be between his ears. He had to memorize. And, and memorization was important. In fact, uh, my understanding is, is that in Jesus' time, before a, a man could be expected or understood or, to, or accepted, I guess is the best way to put it, before other people would allow you to discuss a book, before you could discuss John 3.16 and what it meant, just that verse, you had to memorize the entire book of John. And if you had the entire book memorized, then you were worthy to discuss it. But if you hadn't applied that to your heart, if you hadn't memorized it, well, you hadn't spent enough time with it to discuss it. Isn't it great we don't have those kind of standards today? That, that uh, you know, you don't have to be overly wise to still be able to get something out of the Word of God and share it with other people. But that was the rabbinical action and attitude about things. And so memorization was extremely important. But today, I would say... It, it's still important, but not to the same degree. And, so, and because of that, sometimes I think we slacken off. Because, quite frankly, all I need to know are a, key, a few key words. You know, and I love going to the concordance, but sometimes the concordance doesn't help me. But I can go to Google, and I can type in a couple of words together, and it will tell me what scripture passage I'm thinking of. And because of that, I think our, our, our practice has taken a little bit of a, a slide. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I remember hearing about a history professor who did not care if his students in writing a paper or taking a test could tell him the exact dates. He really didn't care if you knew the exact dates of certain things. Even though a lot of history, I don't know about you, but a lot of history seems to be about in this date this happened, in this date that happened. This history professor, his attitude was you can always look up the dates. What he really wanted to know is, do you understand what happened and why it happened? That was what he was more interested in. Not that on this day, this person ate this food and did this thing. He didn't care about that. He cared, why did they take these actions? What were the consequences of those actions? You can always look up the dates. And, and I would say there's, there's something similar about Scripture memorization. We can get so focused on memorizing the Scripture that it never goes beyond our head. The more important thing is what he is saying. Your word I have treasured in my heart. That it would, it would go a little bit further. 
That's what really matters. It's not about do we remember the scripture and can I recite it perfectly. If we mess it up, I mean, have you ever noticed sometimes Paul quotes scripture and you go looking at it in the Old Testament and it doesn't agree? Sometimes that's because he was going off of one translation and we're going off of one translation. Sometimes, though, I think it's because he was going off of memory. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience where I've had verses that were really impactful and meaningful to me, and I thought, man, this is good stuff. And then when I go and I read it, oh, I've remembered it improperly. I've gotten a few things backwards. I think sometimes Paul probably did that. He had it memorized, but as he was remembering it and quoting it and telling it to the scribe who was writing it down for him, maybe things got a little bit moved around. It wasn't exactly the same language, but the, the word was still coming through clearly. And I think that's what matters most in this, is that what are we doing with the scripture memorization? It's a tool for us to use. What is, what is the purpose of it? And that's what I want to look at today. What is it? Why would we treasure in our hearts his word? And the answer is that I may not sin against you. We don't, we don't you know, as a kid, you might have at some point done scripture memorization all for, you know, if you memorize enough verses, you get a new Bible. Or if you memorize enough verses, you get an award. Uh, when we were teaching kids down in Richards, we would do scripture memorization and Based on how well they did, they got points. And then we'd go to kind of a Chuck E. Cheese prize night where they could pick things that they could earn with those points. And, hey, we weren't working with people who were believers. We were working with kids who were in the community. We wanted them to get excited about memorizing Scripture and about learning it and applying it to their lives. Because I wanted, when they grew up, maybe not that they wouldn't remember the words perfectly, but that they would have a sense of what the words meant. That was the focus. The focus of the psalmist here, though, is, is that I may not sin against you. Why does the psalmist treasure God's word in his heart? Because he doesn't want to sin against God. In, in fact, this is a, a continuing thought. In verse 9, he began this whole passage. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a person who's young keep their path pure? How can they keep their way pure? How can they make sure they're walking in the right way? Well, by keeping their way according to God's word. By keeping it according to your word. And, the, and so the, the focus here is that they would walk in the right way. And so in verse 10, he even says, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Lord, I need your help. I am seeking you with all my heart. Don't let me wander away. How can a young man keep his way but that he bases it and keeps it according to God's word. And that is why he has treasured in his heart God's word because he doesn't want to sin against God. The, the whole focus begins not with a, a law. Not, it's focused on the law, but it's not based on a law. It's not with uh, rules that he has to follow to make sure he stays in a good position. It's not a self-righteousness that I, as long as I do these things, I'm going to be righteous. The focus is on that relationship with God, his standing with God. How do I walk in such a way that I am pleasing to God? How do I walk in such a way that I don't sin against God? Make sure I keep my relationship with God in a good place. And, and that, is, that is the psalmist's motivation. The motivation is a right relationship with God. 
Not necessarily I'm going to do this so that he is pleased with it. But I want to do this because I want to continue to do the things that I know are pleasing to him. That makes sense? It's, it's wanting to know as we go to Scripture, as we study God's Word, we, we learn about His heart. We find out the things that He likes and the things He doesn't like. And if you like somebody, you do the things they like. You know, if, if you know that your mom doesn't want you slamming the door, you learn over time to catch it before it slams. Because you don't want her to go, oh, oh, every time you slam the door. If you care about her, And of course, the alternate of that is it's the easiest thing to tell somebody you're angry with them. You do the very thing they don't like. And you slam that door. And it's just a way of saying, yeah, you've cheesed me off. Well, the psalmist doesn't want to be angry with God. The psalmist isn't trying to figure out how can I upset God or how can I go against God. The psalmist is saying, I don't want to sin against you. And because I don't want to sin against you, I have treasured your word in my heart. Because I don't want to sin against you, because I want to know the right path to walk, I'm going to keep it according to your word in verse 9. The motivation for us as we're doing this, my hope is that our motivation would be the, the, not the scripture verse memorization. That's the tool. The motivation is what do we get because we do it? Oh, that relationship with God. Not, not that, oh, he's, he's pleased with me because I'm doing these things. No, but as we memorize his word, what happens to it? It doesn't just, hopefully it doesn't just stay between our ears, but it goes down into our heart. That's what he's saying there in verse uh, 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Some translations have hidden. And that's a good translation of it, to, that I've hidden your word in my heart. I like the idea of treasured, though, because it's, it's like hidden with a little extra oomph. The word treasure has the idea of, of something that you would hide from other people, something that you would conceal. When, when the Magi came to see Jesus, what did they do? They opened from their treasures and gave to him. And a person, uh, we see it oftentimes in the, in the gospel, Jesus talks about a person who finds a treasure that is buried in a field. You don't want other people finding your treasure. You don't want other people taking your money. So you hide it. You take the things that matter to you and you conceal them. You cover them up, even. The language of the word even means to cover up, to conceal. By translating it more than just hidden, but by saying, your word I have treasured in my heart, the the translators here are borrowing again from the context. In verse 14 afterwards, He says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Kind of very similar to Jesus when he says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where where dust destroys and and rust destroys and moths eat it and kill it. But instead, store up your treasures in heaven. Where do we place our treasure? What do we treasure? And the same idea is here. He says, look, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. As much as, and, and we even see this in Psalm where it talks about how, how, how silver and gold are great, but they don't come close to wisdom. That wisdom is far superior to, to wealth. And, and that's what the psalmist is saying here. As much as I would like to have a good bank account, as much as I want to have riches, 
I delight in your word even as much. I delight in your word in, 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 in your testimony as much as in all riches. And, and that's the question for us, I think, that, that we need to answer. Is, is, do we value God's word? Do we treat it as something that, not, not that we need to turn this into uh, an idol, not that we need to turn it into that, but do we desire it? You know, you spend time with the things that you like. You spend time with the things that matter to you. And, and sometimes the things that matter to us are different, and that's all right. You know, there, there are people I, I see sometimes. Uh, we have a couple of guys in our neighborhood with nice trucks, and they put lights on their trucks, and they got truck lights underneath so that the pavement under the truck is blue. I don't understand because it's not helping them. And I actually had a coworker once when I was in the who did that. He would trip out his car. And I, I was like, why are you doing this? He's like, so that when I roll up to the club, people notice me. Uh, okay. Seems like a lot of money to put into something that is just designed to get you from point A to point B. But you've got to understand, go out and look at my car. All right? It needs a paint job. It's falling apart. It's got holes in the dashboard because... Obviously, I'm expecting people, when I pull up to the club, to notice me, but for all together different reasons. I have a different value system. I do not value putting money into my automobile. I value tires. I think they're important. But to have LED lights that shine on the bottom carriage, I don't care about. That doesn't mean that, you know, and of course, I'm going to come from a place where they're obviously wrong because they don't agree with my values. But those guys, they, they value those things, they value the, their trucks, and they spend time working on them, and they spend time keeping them clean, and they spend time adding lights and uh, bells and whistles type stuff. My value is point A, point B, safe, good. I spend my time in other things. I spend my time in other places. My value is elsewhere. And so the question for us is, do we value God's word? How do we know if we value God's word? Do we spend time with it? When, when we're faced with a struggle, what are our immediate thoughts? You know, when, when you stub, stub your toe, what comes out? I'm not expecting that when you stub your toe, you say, uh, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. I don't expect that. But as we have struggles, as we experience things, does the word of God inform our thoughts? Do we spend enough time with his word that when we have things happen, we have at least a thought or a reminder of a scripture passage? Even good things. You know, when good things happen, do we think back and say, oh, all good things come from our Father of light above. You know, what, what is our reaction? Do we value his word? And the question of value is, do we spend time with it? The, the psalmist here, your word I have treasured in my heart. It's not that I'm just memorizing it or I'm just hiding it away. No, I treasure it. Is God's word treasured by us? Do we value his word? See, I think it can very easily, memorization, the practice of memorization, which we're going through this year, can easily become uh, an idol. It can easily become something that was designed to be good, but that we can turn it to bad. We, we can become legalistic about it. We can become self-righteous about it. We can become focused on it doesn't matter whether it changes my life, but that I say it correctly. 
You know, personally, I really don't care if at the end of this year you can remember half a dozen of these. That's not the point. The point is that for this week we focus on And maybe by the end of the year, some of them we do remember because they were easy or they meant something to us or we're able to keep them. The, The more important thing, though, I think, is do they linger in our hearts? Do do we treasure it to the point where even if I can't say it perfectly, I can at least express the gist of it? It's not about do you say it right. It's about do you understand it and does it affect you? Notice he says, your words I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. And we we saw that earlier in verse 9 and 10 about how, how do I keep my way pure? How do I go? It's about spending time with God. And and, and in verse 15 and 16, as he finishes this passage, he even says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I'll, I'll spend time thinking about them, meditating on them, regarding them. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. The whole focus on on memorization, uh, of, of, of treasuring his word in our heart that we might not sin against him, has to do with, with allowing it to come into our hearts, not just our heads, but down into our hearts. The, the word heart there is literally the inner man. It's not, you know, it's not the, the pump that's in our body, but the inner person that we are, the human being. Do I allow your word to come into me in such a way that it changes how I live? Do do I reflect on your word to the point that your word changes me? And and that's what we're hopefully, that's what this purpose is for this year of of this, is that we would, that we seek to have God's word change us. Memorization is a tool. It is a tool of many to help us apply his word in our lives, to treasure it into our hearts. Whether, whether by the end of the year you're saying your word I have treasured or maybe you're back to your word I have hidden. Maybe you forget that I might not sin against you and you're like, well, that I, I may not do wrong. You know, okay, so we get it wrong. The question is, is do we live in such a way by the end of this year? That we're saying to ourselves, I want to I treasure God's word because I want to live right with him. I, wanna, I want a good relationship to God. And one of the best ways I know to have that is by knowing him better. And doing the things that I know he delights in. Not doing them so that he will delight in me. No. Doing them because I know he delights in them. And I like to, I like to do good things for my God. Because he's doing good things for me. He's already delighting in me. He's already loving me. He's already saved me. He has already done so much for me. I want this relationship to be good. And so I'm going to focus on his word. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to treasure it in my heart because I don't want to sin against you, God. I want to see, and that's the the hope is that over time through this process, as we do this practice, these words, these scripture passages, these verses, we would see them change us. That as we, as we are confronted with issues or options and, and times and experiences, maybe those words that we have thought of, that we have dwelt on for a week, would pop up and give us wisdom and how to, how to interact with a person, how to respond to something. Let us never let practice that we're going through become anything more than it is a tool, 
a tool that helps us go to the deeper and the greater thing, that we would treasure God's word in such a way that we would have a good relationship with him. That's the focus. That's the purpose of this. That's what we're doing as we say, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Let's do that this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. Lord, that there is so much here we can't memorize it all. So often we, we, uh, we forget it. It's always a delight when we are confronted with Scripture that we have read before and we, we don't remember it. Lord, we pray as we go through this practice that you would sharpen our minds, that you would help us in our, our practice of memorization. Lord, that, but we pray that it would go beyond just our, our minds and into our hearts. Lord, that we would value your word. We would seek to see it change us. We pray, Father, that, that through this process, we would see a change in our relationship with you, a growing deeper in you because we grow in your word. We pray, Father, today and this week that you would help us as we reflect on this passage, that we would even look in our lives and ask, how have I valued your word. Do I treasure it in my heart like your scripture says? Lord, help us help us to become people that as we are confronted with change, as we are confronted with people and circumstances and Lord, that right there on the top would be your word guiding us, directing us, helping us to sprinkle grace in our interactions. Father, we ask that you, would, that you would continue to shape us as your people through this practice. And we ask that in Jesus' name today. Amen.